And welcome back to episode two of our Seattle Storm and WNBA podcast. My name is Jeffrey Brown of Sonics Rising and Storm Chasers. I am Colin Davenport. Welcome back. So we're going to cover today, we're going to go over a few things. First, we're going to start off by talking about just general WNBA news. Then we're going to go into our training camp notes, what we've seen at the practices we've attended, what's stood out so far. We're going to recap uh, preseason game number one. And then we're going to go into media day highlights. And we're going to end with what everyone has been asking about final roster projections who's a lock who's on the bubble who's getting cut and we'll start off with uh, Colin and WNBA news all right really quickly to recap some of the news last week we spoke about the big trade that went down between LA and Connecticut on draft day it appears although myself and Jeff thought that was a lot to give up to get Jonquil Jones she is living up to that trade today against the Dallas Wings she scored 16 points had five rebounds four blocks in only 28 minutes of action. On another note related to that game, that is the first game in Dallas for the Wings since they have moved from Tulsa. And on top of that, it was the debut for Jude Schimmel, sister of Shoney Schimmel. Speaking of said Shoney Schimmel, she was traded earlier on in the week for a second round pick to the New York Liberty. This after being the number one selling jersey in the league on a team that has struggled with attendance issues for the last several seasons. This shows head coach Michael Cooper and the rest of the Atlanta Dream organization were really upset with Shoney after she showed up for the second year in a row out of shape having not played overseas having put on weight from her end-of-season playing weight and just not ready to go in that situation. Uh, we shall see if having head coach Bill Lambeer will help her at all improve that conditioning and that attitude that is currently hindering her incredible potential as a player. That is it for our quick recap of WNBA News. So now we're going to get into talking about uh, training camp and what we're seeing at practices so far. Um, so the practice that I was able to attend, I'd say a few players stood out. You know, Sue Bird, she's looking to be in great shape. She's very quick. She's knocking down three-pointers. She was running the pick and roll with Brianna Stewart very well. She definitely looks like she's not slowing down anytime soon, which of course is everything that Storm fans hope for. We want her to play as long as she possibly can. Next notes that I took were that uh, at first, I didn't even recognize Jewel Lloyd was out on the court. This was kind of during the time where they were running more offense for Stewie and more for uh, Sue. Um, a couple substitutions were made. Jewel really became the focal point and you know, she did not disappoint. There was a span of two or three minutes where she was just knocking down shots, driving, getting baskets. I think she scored probably about eight to 10 points in that span. Um, it was incredibly impressive. It looked like she had a ton of confidence. Really, really excited to see what she can do in year two after winning rookie of the year in year one. Next player I was taking a, a note of and keeping an eye on was uh, Lexi Ian Rydolch, who is our third round pick this year. She was also knocking down three pointers. She had a really good shooting form and, and, and able to score quite well. So she impressed on that side of things. Uh, however, there were a couple things that she did struggle with. I noticed on some of the set offenses, it looked like she might have got a little lost. I remember seeing Alicia Clark calling her to set screens. So that stood out to me a little bit. And I think there was maybe one time where on the defensive side of the ball, she missed the screen and then got caught up and left a opposing player open for a jump shot that they made. And then, of course, last but not least, not surprisingly, uh, Brianna Stewart. 
she's showing her long range, able to knock down a couple three-pointers during the, the practice scrimmages that I saw. Um, also, she had a really you know beautiful pull-up jump shot kind of from the foul line. And uh, she's also able to get on the, you know, kind of the low post and easier layups. So obviously very showing that versatility on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and then, of course, defensively um, being able to affect shots and, uh, and definitely getting a lot of rebounds. And probably the most impressive play for me was one rebound that was, you know, really long off, off the basket. So she really stretched her long arms out and was able to just snatch that ball out of air. And it actually reminded me a lot of uh, Odell Beckham Jr.'s catch for the New York Giants. That's quite famous. But yeah, so those were the things that stood out to me. And now I'm going to send it over to Colin. Two of the things that stood out to me was the performance of Monica Wright and the surprise appearance. I'm only saying surprise because we were unsure if she was going to be able to make it or not of Abby Bishop in training camp. It was incredible to see Abby out there. We had, you know, the situation that she had medically where it was questionable if she was going to be cleared to play in time to join the team before the Olympics or even after the Olympics, but I will say she's out there and she looks great. We had a chance to interview her here at Media Day and you can listen to that right now. So I guess the first question is how are you feeling? Um, yeah, I'm feeling really, really good actually, and I'm really happy to be back on court and um, back with the Storm crew, so it's nice. How has it been uh, the first few days of training camp being back? Yeah, it's been really nice. You know, like I was just saying to somebody else, I really enjoy the, the atmosphere and, and the personalities of the team here and just the whole vibe, I think, of everybody kind of coming together and having one goal and that's getting better and enjoying playing basketball. So for me to be back on court with, with the Seattle girls, um, yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, it's very different. Um, I think the atmosphere in America is obviously one of the best atmospheres in the world. Um, I've played a little bit in Europe and Australia and it's definitely a lot better over here. Um, you know, you get some European clubs that have littler gyms but are really packed and the fans are quite crazy. But in terms of playing in these big gyms that, you know, most teams actually nearly do fill, um, it's pretty cool. How about the atmosphere specifically in Seattle maybe compared to other uh, WNBA yeah, I think we have great fans. Obviously, uh, we like to say we've got the best fans in the league, and um, I think it'll, it'll get better over time. I think this year it might even improve from last year. We've got the number one pick, obviously, Brianna Stewart. Um, I played here in 2010. The, the crowds were amazing, and you know, last year it was a little bit down, but looking forward to seeing the crowds get back and um, having a really good atmosphere here in Key Arena. Do you feel more of a buzz this year maybe than last year because Stewie's here and kind of because of the kind of rise of the team over the last year? Absolutely, I think so. You know, um, even just the feeling with everyone and obviously a couple of us have been together for, you know, since last season. There's a couple of new faces in as well. But I think that building step from last season to this season gives us a little bit more confidence. Um, we know what to kind of expect and we, we know what we want to achieve. And I think that's it's exciting sort of a long time coming but now that Lauren's officially retired can you get your thoughts on on that news yeah look it's I think it's really sad for women's basketball what she's done for the game um, around the world is you know second to none and can never kind of be replaced um, I played with her in Australia and I was fortunate enough to win a championship with her in Seattle and uh, you know, she's a great friend of mine and also was a great teammate. She was one of those people that you'd prefer to play with than against. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think, yeah, she's just an amazing athlete and nobody will ever be able to take that away from her. And, you know, it's sad for the game. But 
um, everybody wishes her the best for what's next. She's accomplished so much, and yet there are comparisons between her and Stewie coming in here. Are those comparisons fair? I mean, I don't think they're fair because I don't think Loz, uh, sorry, I don't think anybody would, will be able to reach what Loz has kind of achieved in the world. Um, but, you know, just from looking at Stewie and looking at Loz and um, they kind of do have very similar games and a lot of people had said that and I wasn't really sure but you know Stewie's long and athletic and can play kind of all these spots and that's exactly what Lauren um, could do as well and obviously Stewie has a long way to go to get to where Lauren even was in terms of playing but I think there's definitely a little bit of similarities there. Any final questions? Was there anything specific you worked on in the offseason as far as basketball to improve for this season? Um, for me, it was just about getting my body right. Um, you know, I had some hamstring injuries last season and it kind of niggled with me through the Australian season. And um, so, yeah, it was just trying to manage that, but also just trying to get a little bit fitter and a little bit stronger. You know, you play in other leagues um, in the world and you can kind of get by with how you are and you come over here and you kind of get beaten real real quickly, you get beaten up. You know, I looked back at one of the videos from the highlights and I just got muscled in the key and I consider myself kind of strong, but over here I'm absolutely not. So it was kind of just getting in the gym, getting my body right and all those kinds of things. Is the hamstring 100% now? Oh, I'd say it's probably about 90%, yeah. So just managing it, doing my rehab, all those kinds of things and trying to push through. And then Monica Wright has been an absolute monster out there in training camp, schooling the rookies and the veterans alike. She just looks like somebody who loves playing basketball and is finally able to after having almost a year off. Uh, her leadership is second only to Sue. Uh, on top of that, just her ability to take over games offensively, which is going to be a real surprise, I think, to a lot of fans who see her more as the sixth woman type player, more of a defensive stopper. From what we've seen in training camp so far, she's definitely got an offensive game that hasn't really been fully utilized yet in her career. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. We also had the chance to interview her, and here's what her take was on being able to return to the court and what she's looking forward to this season. How does it feel to finally be on the court and healthy and playing with everyone? Very good. Very just thankful to be back and healthy and still kind of get my groove back, but thankful nonetheless to be back on the court. And you came on the roster midseason last year. How important is it to have this full training camp to get acclimated with everybody around you? Oh, very important. I think training camp obviously sets the tone for the whole season, and so far, so good. Uh, during the offseason, was it pretty much entirely rehab, or were you able to kind of work on any parts of your game? Uh, mostly rehab um, and just getting those parts of my game that I'm best at back. Um, added a little things here and there, but mostly just getting back into a, a groove and getting my confidence back and being able to trust my body. It's like playing with Stewie compared to maybe your thoughts before you had a chance to play with her. We talked beforehand, you have this perception of her seeing her on TV and then you, you play with her now. Uh, it, it's above and beyond what I expected. Um, she's a very smart player as well. And um, she's just, like I said before, as far as defense, like the biggest band-aid ever. Like you have no fear of like, whenever you get beat that there won't be another layer of de defense back there just ready to block the shot to half court, which I love, so. <laughs> What are your thoughts on Jenny as a coach, maybe compared to other coaches you've played for? How is she different or what stands out to you? I think she's like the ultimate players coach um, because she's played also. She has a great understanding for how we think as players and uh, what we need as players and how to give us information. Um, she does challenge us um, in new ways um, to be more um, not spoon-fed players, but players that also think the game and can self-govern on the court, which I also love and that's new for me.
And Jill was talking about usually coaches are like, do this, do yeah. that, but she's different in that way. Exactly. She really challenges us to be able to think on our own and become um, full circle players, not just machines, but she wants us to learn as well. Um, so what's it like having this leadership role now with all these guards in camp? How's that been sort of being a mentor to all the new players coming in? It's been fine. Uh, something that I'm not unfamiliar with um, coming from Minnesota. So uh, it's been good to have like such young talent around. And, um, you know, it's been fun to just kind of like watch them do their thing also. Uh, <clears throat> I think for the most part, we just enjoy playing, uh, playing with each other. And all the guards are so athletic. We just love to compete. Uh, I think that's the most fun part about uh, playing camp, or training camp, just being able to compete against like such great talent. In a previous interview, you had talked about when you were at Minnesota, like you could, even before the season started, you could kind of expect or, or think that you might win the championship that year. Now, not maybe not necessarily this season, but do you kind of have any of that same feeling with this team as far as, you know, improving? And Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think this season is going to be different league-wide um, because of the Olympic break, so it's always weird whenever there's Olympic break. But uh, you definitely can smell um, some great success um, for this team in the future. Um, it's very fragile right now, but I think, you know, for the most part, a lot of the veterans can probably smell it. <laughs> And next, we're going to go into uh, talking about uh, their first preseason game. They're actually playing their second preseason game as we speak right now. And we'll... Alicia Clark is tearing it up. Yeah, yes, she is. Uh, we'll recap that uh, in more detail in the next podcast. But for today, we'll just go over game one of the preseason, which was against the Phoenix Mercury. It was in Seattle. Um, unfortunately, the storm fell 81 to 73. They did not shoot the ball well at all. 22 of 65 for 34% including uh, 5 of 17 from three-point range. They did get to the foul line quite a bit, which was great. 24 out of 34 free throws. Um, they were slightly rebounded, 34 to 30. Phoenix had the edge there. They did have 12 assists in that game and 10 steals. They only had 11 turnovers, and that was compared to Phoenix, who had 16. So they definitely took care of the ball, which is obviously extremely important for any team and any coach to see. Top performer in that game was Jewel Lloyd. She had 16 points, 4 rebounds, and 2 assists. Brianna Stewart had 11 points, 8 rebounds, 1 block shot. Alicia Clark added 9 points, and she was very efficient from the floor. Uh, 2 of 3 from the field goal range and 5 of 6 out of the free throws. And uh, Lexi Eaton-Rydalch was the fourth leading scorer with 8 points. Um, but unfortunately, she did not shoot the ball well. She was 1 of 5 from field goal range, including 0 of 2 from 3-point range. However, she did get to the line you know, for 10 free throws, and that's, that's really impressive. So it's going to be interesting to see if she can continue that. I'm going to pass it back over to Colin. So he was at the game and he can kind of speak on what he saw out there on the court. At that game, the first thing, the very first thing that stood out from the first opening second was Brianna Stewart was not wasting her debut. She won the jump ball. She scored the first basket, got an and one. I believe had five points, a rebound, a steal in the first two and a half minutes of play. She did have some struggles, though. The biggest thing she's going to need to improve on is reading and getting through WNBA screens. She picked up two quick fouls, both of them related to defensive help situations, especially getting through screen. She got caught on a couple of them. That's just something you have to learn as a rookie. The players here are a lot bigger and a lot stronger than what she's had to face on a consistent basis. The only down part that she really had in that game was a horrifically badly airballed three-pointer. Uh, it just seemed like the ball slipped out of her hand. Her first three was nothing but the bottom of the net. 
second one she took in the second half was wide left, uh, didn't hit anything. Uh, but that's just something that'll happen. It's preseason. The big thing to talk about, in my opinion, is the battle down low in the paint. We've got multiple players in camp. We'll talk about later who we think might make the team and who might not. But you've got in camp right now Markeisha Gatling. She went for seven points and three rebounds in 14 minutes. Had a lot of great offensive opportunities, but as Jeff said, the team really struggled to make shots in that first game. Markeisha got a lot of quality looks that just would not go down. It just seemed like there was a lid on the basket for the whole team, and she still finished with seven points. Uh, On the other side of things, Crystal Thomas, in only 10 minutes, grabbed six rebounds and had four points to go along with that. The only player with more rebounds on Seattle in that game was Brianna Stewart. She played 29 minutes to have eight rebounds. Crystal Thomas had six rebounds in only 10 minutes. The by far star of the game was Jewel Lloyd. Lloyd finished with 16 points, and she was the only player to shoot highly efficiently other than Alicia Clark from the floor. She finished 5 for 8 overall and 2 for 3 from beyond the arc. If she can keep that rate up, which from what we've seen in training camp, I think she definitely can. She's starting to emerge as the star player everyone projected her to be. Some people have already been commenting that there's a potential that she could actually win most improved player this year after being rookie of the year last year. From what we've seen so far, that is definitely a possibility. Finally, to wrap up, I'm going to cover Lexi eaton Rydalsh's performance. Uh, If you listen to our first podcast, you'll know that both of us were really impressed by her in training camp and what she can bring offensively. We did say, though, that she was having some slight problems defensively, and unfortunately, it seems that those struggles are what set her to have a poor game here in her first uh, contest. She checked in, I believe, in the second quarter, and she proceeded to foul Penny Taylor on a three, and after that, they weren't really running any offense through her for a little while, just because that was their game plan. When she finally did get a shot, it was an open three from the same spot. She hit numerous shots from in practice, and not only did she miss, she airballed long by about three feet, and I think at that point, you saw nerves take over for her, and she really struggled to finish shots. She still looked like a great player out there on the floor. I'd still say she has an incredible chance of making this team. It was just a case of nerves, but we'll see what she does here moving forward. So we are going to go over Media Day was this past Thursday. Both Colin and I had the pleasure of being able to go out there and uh, interview the players. Um, Obviously, there's some players that are still overseas, um, so we haven't had a chance to talk with them. They had 13 players available for media, plus coach Jenny Busek. That's so much content that we're actually going to split this into two podcasts. We are going to focus this podcast on more of the players that are less are known, maybe not as familiar, the fans aren't as familiar with, kind of go over and talk about them and play their highlights. And we're going to start off with Angel Goodrich, backup point guard of the Seattle Storm, who was on the team last year, and have a listen. So last year you came in right at the start of the season. How different is it to have a full training camp with the team this year? It's um, really different, actually, compared to the other training camp that was in Tulsa. Um, it's nice to be around the players before I actually just jump in last year. Like you said, I just came at the beginning of the season, so I had to get to know everyone, know everyone on the away games and stuff. But being around everyone, getting to learn the system while I'm in training camp has been a big difference. Um, it's nice to get to know everyone and just get to play with them before actually just getting out there and jumping out and trying to learn everything so quickly. What all have you learned from Sue Bird, not just in this training camp, but also spending time with her last year? Um, She's a competitor. Um, I love 
the way she completes. I love the way her style of play is. Um, just being on the bench and watching her, it's just like I still get this all-feeling, starstruck type thing. But um, she's a great player. She's a great teammate. I just love being a part of this. Following up on the competition part, what's it like competing with so many guards in this training camp? How's that been? It's been great. I love, I'm a competitor myself, so being able to go out there and just compete and um, every single day, it's, it's awesome. It makes you better, and that's what you want to have in a training camp. They've had Jewel playing a little bit more point. Like, mm -hmm. where, what do you see from that as far as how she's improved and she's with improved. that role? She's improved a lot. Um, being put in that position, I mean, you got to learn a lot of different positions. You got to know where people go and um, every spot. That's what I meant. Like, you got to know every spot before you started playing stuff. So it's a it's a different role from what she's played. But I think she's picked it up really quick, and she's actually taught me a couple things as well. What did she teach you? I mean, the way she runs it, she she's got the speed of when she can. She knows when to use it. So being able to watch her and Sue, because they play differently at the point, um, has taught me a couple things, because I'm probably more like Sue than I am Joel. So being able to watch Joel has helped me um, kind of expand my point guard experience. One more for uh, What parts of your game did you focus on in the offseason? Um, being more of a threat, kind of just being uh, focused on scoring um, when I was in offseason uh, overseas. Um, just being more of a threat as far as like getting to the goal, getting to the rim, and then dishing it to find an open player. So next up we had our interview with Lexi eaton Rydall. So here's that. Do you feel like the forgotten draft pick? <laughs> <laughs> forgotten? I hope not. Um, no, it's it's been great here in Seattle. Um, I love the team, love the coaches. It's just a great um, culture to be around, so it's been a fun experience. How different is the pro game? Um, it's different. Um, the style and the tempo is a little bit different. Um, of course, there's great players everywhere on the court, and um, and athleticism is um, another level as well. But it, I had a blast last night getting a little taste of it. It was a lot of fun. Had you ever played with Stewie or against or against her in, in any competition up until yeah. now? Yeah, we played against each other in the Sweet 16 um, a couple of years ago, um, and it was fun. It was fun to play against the best team in the country, and she's a great player, so it's also fun to be on the same side as her now. <laughs> what stands out her game that you've noticed? Um, definitely her her God-given talent, her, her athletic body. Um, she has long arms that can block a lot of shots and just cause trouble on defense, and then of course, on offense, she's always a threat. She's a mismatch um, to a lot of a lot of players. So, she's gonna be a good player. You mentioned right. getting in the mix last night. What was the what was the toughest learning curve, I guess? Um, or was there one? Yeah, of course. There. I mean, first WNBA game. There's a learning curve. Um, I would say um, dealing with nerves was was a thing, and then. Um, just learning the style and the timing of things. Um, I got hit with a, a few screens, and so I got to learn how to get around those. And then um, playing against players like Penny, um, she's a she's a veteran and does some veteran things. So it was good to good to learn from all of those vets out there. Game faster. Um, I thought it would be a lot faster, but um, I would say it definitely is, but not as big of a gap as I thought. What's been your biggest challenge so far? Um, I would say probably um, staying 
staying aggressive with my strengths. It's so easy to get caught up with all, learning all the plays and the new system and things like that. But you have to remember to bring um, to the table what they drafted you for. And so that, that has been probably the biggest challenge, but um, that's the biggest reward. Is the coaching and system a lot different here than compared to BYU? Yeah, I would say so. The, the system is a lot more free-flowing and room for athleticism and creativity, where at BYU there was a, a system and set plays and a lot of half-court um, offenses and isolation plays uh, for me. And so it's very different, but I, I love it. I love the style of play here. It it's, um, plays to my strengths, I feel like, very well. Is there a welcome to the WNBA moment outside of the screens? Maybe the first time you walk on the court, you, you look to your left, you see Sue Bird, you see Brianna Stewart, you see <laughs> Jewel Lloyd, three number one draft picks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I got here a week early before training camp and got to play a little bit of pickup with Sue and, and Monica and a few players. So that was kind of a, a good taste before preseason, before uh, training camp and stuff. But um, it's great to be surrounded by awesome players and to learn from them and just watch them. And then to just be in the mix, it's, it's a pleasure. Last question for Lexi. How's it been competing with so many other guards in this camp? It's been good, um, very good. I, I love competition. I love um, playing against the best players in the world and this is a great opportunity for that. And then to develop relationships with this team, it's just a fun culture, fun group of girls to be around. Next up, we have Blake Dietrich. Have a listen. Blake, how's the rookie year treating you so far? Um, it's going well. I'm actually not, uh, like, I was in training camps last year, so I was in D.C. and L.A. for a little bit. Um, so this is my second time around doing the training camp thing. I'm um, hoping it'll stick this time, but uh, it's been good so far. Really great. The program here is amazing. What are your kind of first impressions of, of Seattle and playing, playing on this team in particular? Yeah, um, it's night and day compared to other teams I've been on in the league and I think a lot of that is owed to Jenny and uh, the program that she's, I say program like it's college, but the uh, organization that she's created here. Um, she's a really, really great coach and a really great role model and so I think our practices and, and Sue also is kind of a coach player um, kind of person so I think that they both really exemplify everything that they're trying to have everyone else um, like execute every day and so I think that they do a really good job of that. What are some of the specifics? And you're talking about sort of the player-coach relationship. Mm -hmm. Player-friendly coach, is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah, she's just really supportive, and I think she cares about us as people, not just as players, not just as pawns in a, in a game of trying to win as many games as possible. She cares about who we are and that our experience is positive. She talks about the fact that she didn't have an amazing experience playing in the WNBA, um, and so she wants that to be, she wants our experience to be much better than hers, and so I really appreciate that. I kind of got the impression almost you make me sound like it's more professional here as well. Yeah, I agree with that, definitely. Um, everything here is really, really organized and professional, and it makes our lives easier, so all that we have to worry about is playing basketball. And how does the WNBA experience differ for you the second time around? What do you feel you maybe didn't know last year but know going in this time? Yeah, I think last year I had a little bit of a confidence problem. I didn't know if I, coming from an Ivy League school as a mid-major, it's not a high major, um, <laughs> league and I didn't know if I could really compete at this level and I think questioning myself kind of made everybody else question me as well but this year I know that I can compete here and um, can play at this level and I hope uh, Jenny agrees but uh, for me at least I feel like my own confidence is, is a little higher.
Is there anything sp specific you've picked up from working with Sue Bird so far? Oh my gosh, well, she just never makes the wrong decision. Like, if the ball's in her hand, she's gonna do the right thing. Um, but she will always have little tidbits here and there during practice, telling myself and Angel Goodrich, the other um, backup point guard, just little things to notice, little reads to make here and there, and it's just every single thing she says is a, is a gem. <laughs> Uh, how has it felt having competed with so many other guards in this training camp particularly? Yeah, um, I think the guards that are here are phenomenal, and so it's an honor to be competing against such good people. Um, I think that whatever decision Jenny makes, it's going to be the right one for Seattle, and um, so I can't really say that one person deserves it more than the other. Whatever she chooses will be the right call, but um, I like competing every day. I think it's a great opportunity. Last question for Blake. Outside of uh, having more confidence, um, is there anything specific you picked up in Italy while you're playing over there that you're now using in your game here? Yeah, there's a type of pick and roll defense called icing, um, and we had never done that in the Ivy League. Now it's become much more popular, but not anymore. Um, but it wasn't when I was there, and so learning to play against that, both on defense and on offense, um, has, was really helpful in Italy. Now we go over to Markeisha Gatling. What did you focus on in the... Uh off season to kind of improve your game? Uh, I kind of focus on getting in better shape. You know, this game over here is totally different from overseas because you can get by with doing pretty much anything overseas. So it's all about getting stronger and, you know, focusing on your shape and, you know, how good a shape you in. And last season you came over right at the start of the year. Mm -hmm. How different is it to have a full training camp? It's a whole lot different. I mean, this is my first time going through training camp with them. And it's been tough, but, you know, I'm liking this more because coming in last year I didn't really – Notice system until like a month before I play, so it's a whole lot better. And how does this training camp experience differ to being in Chicago? Uh, it's pretty much the same, you know, intensity-wise. I mean, because you have a lot of players, a lot of bodies. You're sitting on the sideline a lot because it's a whole lot of breaks, but it's pretty much the same. How's the competition between like you and Crystal and the mm -hmm. other like center players? <laughs> competition is always going to be there, you know, throughout the whole season. I mean, we're trying to make each other better, so that's all. That's what it's all about. And we're going to wrap up Media Day highlights with Crystal Thomas. How's it feel to be back in a WNBA training camp? Um, I mean, it's a great feeling. I couldn't be more thankful or excited to be back, um, especially back here with the Storm. Obviously, this is where I started my career, so it's just great to be back. I couldn't be more thankful. How different is it this time around? <laughs> it's different. I mean, coming in as a rookie, as a draft pick, you know, not really knowing what the expectations were. Um, it's very different now having played. Um, not being a young one, you know, kind of being a veteran coming back into camp, but it's it's been a great experience so far. How do you want to think? Well, how different is Jenny as a head coach as opposed to an assistant coach? Um, she's different in a great way. I mean, just the best thing about Jenny is just her attitude and love for the game, her passion. I mean, it just, it, it radiates off of her and it translates into her practices and coaching style and into the players. So it's great to have her kind of at the helm and leading the way and getting to follow after. Following that question, mm -hmm. um, what are the differences between Jenny as a coach and Brian Agler, who you have in your rookie? Um, I mean, they're both very, very talented coaches. I mean, so their differences are each equally very important. Um, I think the same thing is that Jenny, she she leads with her heart and she leads with her passion. Um, Brian's very technical. He knows the game very well as far as X and O standpoint. But the best thing about Jenny is she relates so well to the players and um, she's able to just kind of lead by example, knowing that she was a player, knowing that she still has that passion. I mean, seeing her get out here during warm-ups and practice and rebound and everything, um, it's just great to see her see her out there and lead by that example. And how do you feel your game has changed since the first time you were here? 
Uh, I've grown a lot. I've learned. I've learned a whole lot. You know, first time I was here, it was always everything was so new. Every opponent was so new. Every scouting report was so new. So now having done this for a little for a little while, it's great to be on the other side of it. Know a little bit more of what to expect. I mean, even as far as how training camp goes, just the pressures and the stresses that come with that. Um, knowing how to handle that and just take it one day at a time and compete. Mm -hmm. All right, now we move on to the part that everyone wanted to ask us about. Our roster projections, who will make the team, who will get cut. We will now give you our personal opinion, and we will go from there. We started this actually a couple of weeks ago, and for me, my locks would be Sue Bird, Jewel Lloyd, Brianna Stewart, uh, Ramu Tokashki, Crystal Lanehorn, Monica Wright, Alicia Clark, uh, Kalina Mosqueda-Lewis, and Abby Bishop. So now when we get to kind of on the bubble, this is on the fence. They could they could be on the team. Maybe they're not. I have Jenna O'Hay, uh, Markeisha Gatling, Angel Goodrich, uh, Blake Dietrich, Lexi Eaton-Reidolch, and Crystal Thomas. And for right now, I, I have uh, Quinitra Hollinsworth on the out. She hasn't been in, in practice yet. Uh, you already have Crystal Thomas and Markeisha Gatling in training camp working. I kind of feel like Quinitra is most likely going to be cut. So I listed nine players there uh, as locks. So that means I have to pick three more from my bubble list here. And uh, this is not necessarily an easy picking. Um, I, I do have Markeisha Gatling making the team. I think she's probably their most talented center, uh, true center player, especially on the offensive side. She still needs work on her rebounding and her defense. That's probably going to be the difference whether she makes it or not. Interestingly, I look at Jen O'Hay and Kalina Mosqueda-Lewis and uh, Lexi Eaton-Rydalch, and those three players, I don't see all three of them making the team. I just don't think that's realistic. They're all basically the same type of player even though Kalina is still overseas right now she was a number three overall pick I do not see them cutting her uh, this early I think they would definitely give her another year or two to kind of prove herself and where she stands on this team and really if you look at kind of that that second half I mean the first half she obviously struggled she barely even saw time on the court but you know Kalina really started playing well and when given more minutes she started picking up her scoring and she is a very talented scorer and she can do more than just hit the three um so she's definitely going to make the team so that leaves me jenna and lexi and i actually have them keeping lexi over jenna i don't know if that's going to be if they're just going to cut jenna hey maybe they could trade her i don't know how realistic that is i know they re-signed her uh so it'd be a little bit weird to re-sign her and then cut her um but they did re-sign her before they drafted lexi that'll be interesting to see i think that's going to be one of the tougher choices but the way I look at it, I'm I'm taking Lexi over Jenna, mainly on potential. Um, as we had mentioned in the last podcast, Lexi was one of the nation's top scorers. And I think you kind of, for the most part, know what you're going to get with Jenna O'Hay. And I think that the ceiling for Lexi is quite a bit higher. So that's why I take her. So her and Gatling, and then that would leave one more pick between Angel Goodrich, 
uh, Blake Dietrich and Crystal Thomas. And this one's a really tough one for me because it just depends on where do they want to go with their roster and size versus, you know, the true center positions. I could easily see them keeping Crystal Thomas, but it depends on if they want to do that. And then they wouldn't have Angel. They wouldn't have Blake on the team, which then would mean that really your backup point guard is now Monica Wright and Jewel Lloyd, who's been playing some backup point guard, but they wouldn't have like a really true backup point guard. And so I don't know if they want to do that. So for my final roster projections, I am putting Angel Goodrich on the team. I think because she was on the team last year and in Jenny's system that she's going to have a little bit of an advantage over Blake. That may or may not be true, but that's that's the way I look at it. That wraps up my final roster. It's Sue Bird, Jewel Lloyd, Brianna Stewart, Talk, Crystal Lanehorn, Monica Wright, Alicia Clark, Kalina Mosqueda-Lewis, Abby Bishop, Markeisha Gatling, Angel Goodrich, and Lexi Eaton-Rydalch. Now, Colin, let me know what you think. All right, so we actually differ on our roster projection. My locks, Bird, Lloyd, Clark, Stewart, Langhorn, Monica Wright, Ramuth Hokashki, Kalina Mosqueda-Lewis, Abby Bishop, and this is where we differ initially, Jenna O'Hay. I don't see them cutting a player that they re-signed in the offseason. Here is the question, though. Where are her minutes going to come from? You're on a roster with so many players at that guard forward slot who are going to take minutes. Lloyd and Clark, Kalina Mosqueda-Lewis is also there, and Monica Wright, although she's mostly going to be a combo guard, she's going to take some minutes away as well. Where is she going to play she's on this roster? So on the bubble for me, there are six players, and they are battling out for the final two spots. Those six, in no particular order, are Quinitra Hollingsworth, Markeisha Gatling, Angel Goodrich, Lexi Eaton-Rydalch, Blake Dietrich, and Crystal Thomas. So the question becomes, who do you take if you are Jenny Busek and Alicia Valvanis out of those six players? My pick is that Markeisha Gatling is going to be the center that makes the roster. The one thing she has going against her is her rebounding numbers, both in camp from what I've seen and in games, are not particularly high. And this team does not have a really dominant rebounder on its roster right now. Crystal Langhorn's a very good rebounder. Brianna Stewart is probably going to turn out to be a great rebounder down the road. We don't know what she's going to fully bring this year, so that becomes a question. As we mentioned earlier on in the podcast, Crystal Thomas had six rebounds in only 10 minutes. That could separate her. However, Gatling's experience in Busek's system combined with her offensive prowess near the basket and just the amount of space she takes up battling down low on offense is something the Storm do not have. So that's why I'm taking Gatling over Thomas and over Hollingsworth. Hollingsworth has always been a problem player for me, mainly because she is not able to stay out of foul trouble. When she does, she is a decent player, definitely a rotation player in the WNBA, but she is so prone to foul trouble that she just cannot stay on the floor and demonstrate what she's truly capable of. So for those reasons, I take Gatling over her as well. So remaining are the three guards who during the preseason game were all on the floor at the same time for a prolonged period. And that is Angel Goodrich, Blake Dietrich, and Lexi Eaton-Rydalsh. We've already gone over two podcasts now how we think Rydalsh is an incredible player. Angel Goodrich knows how to play in the WNBA. Nothing will phase her out there. And last game of last season, she somehow managed to double-double with 10 rebounds despite being the second smallest player in league history. That said, I am going on a crazy limb here based off of what team needs appear to be. And I am going to say they should keep 
Diedrich. I want to repeat, I'm going to say they should keep Diedrich. That would be my pick. That's because we know they're probably going to rest Sue at certain points during the season. She's probably going to miss some games due to the Olympics as well. And we have only Monica Wright left to run point guard part-time. Having the size of Dietrich running point would be very useful. From what we've seen, the little we've seen of her in training camp and in games, what you get from her in practice, you'll get the same in games. There's no huge jump up or down. She is consistent, she's steady, and she's got the size advantage, obviously, over Goodrich. Uh, with Rydalsh, she herself has said she is not a point guard. She is a pure shooting guard. And if we're keeping Jenna O'Hay, Kalina Mosqueda-Lewis, Monica Wright, Jewel Lloyd, Alicia Clark, who can all run that shooting guard position at different periods of time, where are you going to ever run Rydalsh? So for me, I would take Dietrich for what this roster needs. However, I still believe they're actually going to go with Rydalsh. So the final two spots on my projection, Gatling and Rydalsh, I think they should take Dietrich just because of what they seem to need short term. So again, Gatling and Rydalsh are the last two spots. So in total, it's Bird, Lloyd, Clark, Stewart, Langhorn, Wright, Tokoshki, Mosqueda Lewis, O'Hay, Bishop, Gatling, and Rydalsh. Those are my projections for the roster this season. That sounds pretty good. We may have to make a bet on who ends up being <laughs> we might. more accurate, buy, loser buys lunch. All right. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to everybody who's donated to our GoFundMe campaign. Your Absolutely. contributions are hugely, hugely appreciated. Uh, we, we could not be doing this without you. We would not have been able to afford the devices we are recording this on right now. Uh, if you have not donated yet and you'd like to, the GoFundMe is still going. We're just over 20% funded right now. Uh, and again, share this podcast with your friends if you like it. And if you don't, thanks for listening anyway. Uh, we will see you next week. Thank you.